Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? What is up, Niners Nation? It is almost mega victory Tuesday. Because we beat the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't Tim? just beat them. They did not just beat them. Uh, that was a beatdown. It was a clinic, a beatdown smashing of hand well i don't know whatever you want to put it so tim how are we feeling how are we feeling on this tuesday well if you had told me before sunday's game that in the fourth quarter i would be resting comfortably on the couch at the beginning of the fourth quarter and the niners up 32 and we're watching Sam Darnold take snaps yeah i didn't see that one coming didn't see that one coming but it was i, I can't think of a better game than the niners have played and john i talked about this I can't think of a better game the 49ers have played since maybe the NFC Championship against Green Bay a few years ago. They just, from start to finish, it was the Niners, they dictated the game on their terms. Uh, anytime Dallas had a hint of momentum, the Niners would snatch it you know, right back. So I think, yeah, hands down, they're the best team in football right now. I know we're only five weeks in, but I can't think of a team that's playing any better than they are. Neither can I. Brian, how you uh, feeling, man? It's Tuesday. Victory, Victory Tuesday. Tuesday. It feels good. I, I, we won that game. I was at work yesterday and I was thinking, man, I can't believe we just won that game. You know, I had a, I had to be at work early. I had, you know, and had some cold adult beverages the night before. So, you know, having a headache at work thinking like, oh man, we just won that game. It felt pretty good. So, um, yeah. yeah. It was the best headache ever, I bet. <laughs> it was probably, <laughs> probably not as equivalent, but probably maybe three quarters of the way just as good as it felt when on that Seattle the game uh, in 2019. Oh, in yeah, 2019. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, maybe a few of us had some tasty beverages at the end of that game as well. Maybe, yeah, just maybe. maybe. No, John is my witness. <laughs> yes, we all had tasty beverages that night. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, or if you're returning, I'm John, joined by my brother Tim and my brother from another brother, Brian. We're three obsessed Niner fans who get together every Tuesday to talk about the last game by the Niners and to preview the game before. So this week, we're reviewing the Cowboys game that was on Sunday Night Football. We're looking forward to the Niners traveling to Cleveland and playing the Browns. So, Tim... Let's talk about that epic win on Sunday Night Football with the Niners. Give me some thoughts on the game. I think first thoughts, I mean, and I say this knowing that Brock Purdy, the previous week against the Cardinals, he went 20 of 21. But I'm going to call this his best game ever. And, and here's the reason why. He did it on national television. He did it against one of the top defenses in the league. And he threw four touchdown passes. And his accuracy on multiple throws to Ayuk, to Debo, particularly in the third quarter, I think those are some of his best throws. And he just, he's legit. There, there is no more argument about, well, you know, Purdy is, he's got a great surrounding cast or he has a great coach or, you know, he's, he's more of a game manager. But this guy can legit play. Uh, and when you're doing it against a defense like the Cowboys, who we saw, you know, for the first few weeks, uh, just steamroll opponents. And you can make arguments about the quality of their opponents that they played. But, you know, people like Micah Parsons, they're, you know, they're still up for defensive player of the year, in my opinion. But Purdy, I think he was sacked maybe once, uh, but he never looked, um, he never looked uh, panicked. He never looked like uh, anything was getting to him, any of the pressure was getting to him. He just flat out ball so it's just and you know and we're sitting here uh, at, at, at the end of a 42 10 thrashing i think dallas pretty much is like we're gonna put eight men in the box we're gonna play cover one we're gonna stop mccaffrey they were keying on him all night and we're gonna put the ball we're gonna put the game on brock purdy's shoulders and brock purdy answered and here's the result 42 to 10 four touchdowns yeah 
Initial thoughts after the game, it was it was an epic beatdown, as as said before. Uh, Brock Purdy played his lights out, 18 to 24. I think he had a what? Let's see, 144 uh, QB rating. He he was he was definitely clicking, and I love seeing George Kittle uh, in his famous T-shirt um, come out. His three touchdowns and the a Gary Plummer ish uh, T-shirt from the '90s, yeah, uh, making a resurgence. Um, but he just looked good, and I was I was happy. Uh, Brock Purdy looked good, but I was happy for George Kittle because he was pretty silent these last, you know, the first what four games of the season. Um, I think he only had like one or two catches, so not really much going on with him. But this game was his coming out party, three for three. He scored every time. It was just, it was great. And, um, I love George Kittle. He's on my fantasy team, and it was just great to see him like get some uh, get some touches and and go for the score. So, yeah. What about you, John? Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's we've given the offense a lot of love, yeah. which you have to do with forty-two to ten, yeah. but. It really was a story of all three phases yep. clicking. Yeah. Offense was great. The defense was great. The special teams was great. It was just an absolute clinic that the Niners put on the Cowboys. It was also the least stressful game I think I've had in a really long time. <laughs> Absolutely true. But I still couldn't fall asleep until 1.30. And I had to take some melatonin <laughs> to actually go and do it. Because I was like, oh, that was for good. Like, what are we going to talk about on the podcast? But yeah, it was it was really, it was a really special game. Uh, this is one that was just, it was so great to see. I can't wait till 49 Hours comes out, um, which usually I think comes out on Wednesdays. Uh, other podcasts, like Here's the Catch, just talking about this. But it was it was a really special game. But let's get into some other stuff, some some particulars of the game I think really stuck out to me. And I think, one, we've talked about Purdy, but let's talk about there was a very good sequence where Purdy, to me, showed that he is an elite quarterback. And, Tim, do you want to walk us through that? Because I know yeah. we, we talked about it before, yeah. and I'm sure Brian's on the same page with it. We were talking about the sequence uh, in the third quarter. Uh, the Cowboys had taken the uh, kickoff, uh, and they got a field goal. So it's 21-10. And Niners, they're driving. It's third and four. And Pur- Purdy is pressured, and he hits Ayuk for what looks to be, I think it was like a 25, 30-yard gain. And, on, and we all think, okay, we're rolling. We're rolling. And... A very well-placed touch ball on the sidelines. Absolutely. And then there's a holding call, and I'll have to look up who the holding call was. Spencer Buford. Spencer Burford. It was Burford? Burford. Okay, I thought it was was Spencer. But so now it's third and 14. And here's where I think you see the difference in what Shanahan will do with Brock Purdy that I don't think he would do with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Trey Lance, we don't know. But I think in if it's Garoppolo, I think he runs a screen. In that situation, he gives it to Debo, he gives it to CMC, and, and it's basically like, all you right, get the block is downfield, and let's see if something can happen. So, on that, in that note, he doesn't. He it's third and fourteen. He's going to spread the field. You in this case, IU kind of runs a. Uh, I think he ran a downfield slant, but Debo runs more of a dagger route. I mean, he, he comes. He's he's lined, he's lined up in the slot. He came in and you know came right into the middle of the field, but that ball had to be placed perfectly. And that, uh, I think that just shows the confidence and the aggressiveness, I think, now that Shanahan can show with this offense. But after that, Dallas imploded. Kittle gets, uh, I think it was Kittle who scored his third touchdown on that drive, so you're down 18. But then Dak throws three interceptions on the next three Cowboys drives. After those two plays, it, the game was pretty much over. Uh, looking back when I watched the game today. But uh, it always, I, I hearken back to something that uh, Niners Nation, who we all follow on uh, X, is a few years ago when Garoppolo hit two third and 16s. It's third and no problem. And that's what came in uh, in this situation with, with Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just the level the Niners are playing at, right? Yeah, Brian, any plays that, that you kind of look at which were pretty defining? Uh, well, you know, you talked about the defense, Sean. But I just remember this play that Fred Warner did. Um, Dallas was backed up mm. in their within probably within their ten yard line, and they, uh, Dak was going out to throw. Fred Warner was chasing yeah. Dak, and 
Dak was about to throw like a, a dink pass, like some sort of screen, like just a short pass, but Warner mm-hmm. jumped up and Dak didn't throw the pass because he was going to get, either was going to get, you know, slapped uh, Fred and then Fred got him for the sack. And so probably yeah. what, we probably dropped him at like the five yard line or something like that. But that was a pretty defining yeah. play in that, you know, Fred Warner's all around game. But that play to me just kind of stood out as being, you know, stopping the Cowboys in their tracks. They had a little bit going on. I think right before that, was was that the play where they got the CMC uh, fumble? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. was it. And it stopped the momentum right there. And uh, Fred was able to get them for the sack. So yeah, that, that was a pretty defining play. I think it was in the second quarter-ish, um, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. second mm-hmm. quarter. What about you, John? Do you have any defining plays uh, in your mind? Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was the tricky Niners play. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which they stole? I was like, oh, they're... Yeah, <laughs> I just oh, said that. I just said that. I just said that. Yeah. Well, they ran it. So I think everybody knows this way. Detroit ran it earlier in the day to much effect. And sometimes coaches will shy away with it. Like, oh, somebody's already seen it. It's not going to like... I would know how anybody would remember it because... Or even know if you were even watching Red Zone. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, what was impressive about that play was Dallas. They used the Dallas aggression against them because you can see the Dallas eight men start to come up through that line of scrimmage. Right when they hand it to CMC, then they go off to CMC. And then all of a sudden they give it to Debo. And they follow Debo. And then all of a sudden it's back to Purdy, who wasn't exactly like a Terry, like all sitting there by himself, Terry Bradshaw style. I mean, there was like dudes around him. Um, and then all of a sudden he uncorks and I'm like, oh my, someone's going to be so wide open. And there was George Kittle. So wide open. So that to me was just like, okay, it reminded me a lot of on the Thursday night play uh, back in Seattle when Bertie, pretty fucked left. Then he faked right and then he hit Kittle down the middle. Those kind of things remind me of of just like, okay, wow. Um, that's a really special play call. And apparently they'd had it on the books for like two years. They never called it. So. I, I was reading today in the athletic that they actually had wanted to call that play in the NFC championship game against the Eagles. But given they didn't have a quarterback who could throw the ball kind of hard to run that play in that oh, yeah. situation. But <clears throat> I, I want to go back to, to Fred Warner because, you know, Brian's description, I mean, Fred Warner on that play. He disrupted two potential passes from Dak in that situation. As Brian said, he gets the set. But John or, or Brian, I don't know if I've ever seen Fred Warner. We talked about it a great game, Brock. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he did. But I don't know if I've seen Fred Warner have a better game than he did against the Cowboys. I don't know why he's not up for consideration on NFL uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he keeps playing like he this. Probably, so he'll obviously have yeah, my he, vote. <laughs> if I could vote. Yeah. <laughs> Us in, us in the press, quotation yes. marks. Maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll get a press pass. Yeah. So, Brian, you had asked an interesting question. And do you think CMC is getting I, I'm only saying that because I just felt, was it maybe within the first drive, the first series, there was like a, a big face mask. And although it helped the Niners get that first down, because I don't, I, I think they needed to get, if I remember correctly, they they, they got the first down of it, which they probably weren't going to get. But I, I don't know. I I don't know if it's the style of running that he does, but it just seems like it's just people are always seem to be grabbing him and it not just like the normal grabbing, but maybe like helmet to helmet or or maybe like a face mask here or there. I just want to get, get your thoughts on it because like as a casual fan, like myself, like, I mean, obviously you're protective of your, of your team. So like, you don't want to see your quarterback get hit. You don't want to see your running backs get get targeted or your receivers get targeted. But I, I just kind of felt like, oh, is is that happening? And I wanted, you know, just to see what, what you guys thought. Do you guys think that or do you guys see that as being problematic or is it just kind of the way that the game is? So, I don't know. Maybe Tim, I'll ask you. Yeah. Tim? I don't think Dallas was targeting McCaffrey in that way uh, because – a couple of reasons. Number one, the two plays you mentioned, one one was a face mask, and that was the first play of the game. Uh, the second penalty was a helmet-to-helmet, and, and both those penalties gave the Niners an additional 15 yards. So I don't see where the benefit is to, to Dallas 
to you know play that way and hope that somehow their defense is going to uh, somehow reap the benefit of it because I, I don't see I, I don't see the return on investment. I will say that, as I said earlier, I, I think the Dallas game plan, as as we saw in the playoff last year and what we saw today, is that when you play that cover one and you're putting men in the box, yeah. they were going to you know they they did not want McCaffrey to beat them, and they did they did what I thought you know probably looking at all McCaffrey's games thus far, Dallas probably had him bottled up the best out of the five. So, so far, but at the same time, you know, that opens up other, you know, weapons and we saw, but we saw George Kittle as well. I mean, three touchdown passes that he caught and that same thing happened last year in the divisional playoff. It was, we're going to stop McCaffrey, but George Kittle ended up having a monster game and had some huge plays in that game as well. So no, I think if it was, you know, we we're going to target McCaffrey, I think you would have seen it elsewhere and other players. So no, I'm not a, Obviously, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I, I I don't think they're that kind of organization. I think it's an interesting question because I think what teams are realizing, and frankly, I'm kind of realizing it too, because he's he's still we still haven't had him for a year. Is he is really hard to bring down? You know, you kind of think of him as more of a like catching running back. Oh, he's going to catch it. He's going to run real fast. He's going to get out of bounds. But he's a hard physical runner. And I think a lot of these defensive players are doing anything they can, especially because he uses that stiff arm so well. Like, we've got to bring him down. And unfortunately, I think sometimes that's grabbing the face mask and things like that. Uh, so I don't think he's being targeted. I just think teams are just trying. They, they're just told you have to bring him down no matter what. Uh, because we might take a 15-yard penalty, but he might take it all the way. Yeah. So on our question... Uh, for both of you guys, and Tim, you can start on this one. Do you think this is a more of a case of the Niners are that good, or the Cowboys are a bit overrated? And you well, can be pessimistic. Yeah, I well, who, who me? <laughs> <laughs> the coin the coin toss happens, and I'm already like, well, we're going to go down twenty one. Yeah, I'm going to go. First of all, the Niners are playing extremely well. They're putting up over thirty points a game. They put up forty two points against uh, one of the best defenses in the league. So the Niners are playing at a level we haven't seen them play in a long time. Um, at the same time, I think Dallas came in a very very confident football team. Uh, they felt that with their defense, I think they felt their defense was going to make some turnovers. They're going to make some plays. Dak was going to be able to, you know, potentially exploit uh, the 49ers. Um, and actually, I, I am surprised. I thought we'd see a little bit more uh, Dak being mobile. But I think when the Cowboys, I mean, within two plays of the 49ers opening drive, they were in Cowboys territory. And then they go up 7 nothing. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say that the Cowboys came in a little sure of themselves. But, you know, what, what's, what, did you, what did you say earlier in the year, John? I think we were referencing the Pittsburgh game where everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. The yep. Cowboys got punched in the mouth. Yep. Brian, what do you think of the old Dallas Ugh, Cowboys? I think... America's team. Well, I, to answer your question, I think first the Niners, I think they, they are that good and they are capable of being the championship team that we knock on wood hope they will be. But as long as they, you know, they, they fire in all cylinders, I think they can be that team. In terms of Dallas, um, I think they are good and and their defense is just as good. I just think they, as, as Tim said, they just got punched in the mouth and they just um, were shell-shocked. You know, they can easily, I mean, if I, if I saw the statistic that they held, you know, in the first four games of the season, they held their teams to, you know, average, what, 10 points a game. So they, they are capable. I just think, you know, one, they had to come here out to Levi's. They had to come to San Francisco. Two, you know, maybe the stigma of, of, of losing to the Niners two times in the playoffs the last two years was there. I think if, if we have to play them again in, in, you know, a second time this season in the playoffs, I mean, we have to come prepared uh, because I think Dallas is going to bring umpteenth more um, effort in this next one. And then, you know, they're going to be ready to play. And, you know, that, that t-shirt thing is only going to just, you know, inspire them even more that they need to be. Yep. So, yeah. Well, I agree wholeheartedly that the Niners are playing excellent, but I think Dallas is overrated. I don't think they're making the playoffs. Ooh, I'll tell you that, why. Okay. Okay. I was going to. 
I was going to ask you that question. <laughs> Do you believe that Dallas is a playoff contender? So go well, ahead. Well, they're John. a contender. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Okay. Because their schedule is fucking brutal. They play, they're up against the Chargers. And we know so far that anybody who goes up against the Niners and plays the next week loses. Now, I don't trust the coach in with the Chargers. <laughs> uh, but then they play the Eagles. Oh, boy. And they have like a little bit of a break. I think they play the Panthers and like the Commanders and stuff. But their last five games are the Eagles, Dolphins, Bills, and there's another one in there that's like really good. And they have like Seattle, I think. So I mean, it is just like brutal. Like they have to get through. So you think, okay, there's seven teams that are gonna make the playoffs, four division winners, which you know is probably gonna either be a Niners Seattle, which are are on track, Detroit. Yep. The Eagles and then New Orleans. Then you have your three wild cards. Well, their strength of schedule is so hard that it's like you have to get up there. And like, I would put more faith in the Los Angeles Rams to win some games more than I would Dallas. So it's going to be interesting. If they do, I don't think they're getting in real high, but we'll see. Uh, but I was not, I was not impressed. As everybody has said, the Dallas has to lead from in front. If you get up on them, it is really hard for them to come back. But on that note, let's look at our keys to victory. How did we do this week? Well, we did awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Niners followed our game plan. You're welcome, Kyle. <laughs> Key number one, Tim. Do you think we rattled Dak? Well, I think when you throw three straight interceptions, you throw interceptions on three straight series. Yeah, that's that's rattled. That's rattled. That's like me not knowing how to play Madden. I keep hitting the wrong button. That's that's. Oh, I've seen that, that happen. Was, that's that's probably not the best analogy. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I look back at, at at the first, at the first interception he threw uh, that Gibson picked off, and it was just I don't remember the doubt. I think it was like second and ten, and he just threw kind of a duck uh, out there. It was sort of like you know if you're playing poker, it's like well I got a pair of sixes. I've been losing all night. I'm going with my pair of sixes. <laughs> Kind, yeah. of, kind of, kind of the, um, and then the last pick that Burks picked off, Burks just jumped the route. Oh, just yeah. that, I just did like, he just knew exactly where Prescott was going to go with that ball. So yep, they rattled that. So I'll take this one because it's my favorite. We didn't show up Chris <laughs> Collinsworth, but he never had a chance to praise the Cowboys. Never didn't have one chance. So it was actually probably my most enjoyable Chris Collinsworth broadcast. Uh, there were some things he did say that I just shook my head, but it wasn't anything. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys defense, pick it up, Brian. Like, just didn't happen. So, Brian, we didn't hear much about Mike from Micah Parsons. You know, that was our that other was key something you were gonna. That, that was something that the media was just kind of talking about all week. You and I and all of us, we, we all watch Bleacher and. And Micah Parsons is, he has his own little segment on there. So he's chirping, he's mm -hmm. talking, he's ready for this game. And um, yeah, I think the Niners had a really strong game plan against him. I think, what did he have? Maybe one sack? I got to look at the statistics, but I think there was one he took down, like um, uh, Purdy in the, in the um, uh, behind the line of scrimmage. But, you know, he was pretty much a a a non I, I wouldn't say non-factor because I hope he's not listening to this podcast because it's gonna probably gonna fire him up. He just wasn't um he wasn't what I expected him to be in terms of his presence. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, and uh, Tim, we're you and I were talking about that. And I, I, I kind of think with Dan Quinn didn't use him very well. Well, certainly, I mean, if, if we go back to week one and we do, we look at what TJ Watt did against Colton McKivitz, and I think all three of us were like, oh, God, oh, that's yeah. Micah Parsons. We got problems. Um, And no, we, we didn't we didn't hear from, from Micah Parsons. Well, we heard from him before the game, and we heard from him after the game, but we did not hear from him during the game. So, yeah, I mean, they were lining him up. I mean, at some points he was kind of playing off the ball, and sometimes he was playing up. You know, he was going up against uh, Trent Williams. So I don't know if that was just countering where he thought Shanahan was going to go with the ball or it was just sort of a, a means to get the 49ers uh, off balance. But uh, Johnny, you were, as you were saying, you know, 
we weren't really seeing the stunts. We weren't really seeing, you know, Parsons trying to get favorable matchups. It just seemed like he just he just was out of the plays. Either the Niners were, you know, blocking him effectively or they were getting or they were just, you know, getting away from him uh, yeah. on certain run plays. So, yeah, non-factor. Yeah, they did a really good job of containing him. And then the other really good job they did was they kept him out of the end zone except for for one play. And And Tim, you pointed this out in the notes, which I didn't realize. Dallas never actually entered the oh, red zone even to even yeah. put up That's a crazy. red zone. Yeah. So what's the farthest they got down? Like the 25? Uh, I got to look that up, but <laughs> it was, yeah, zero. Uh, and, and I will say that that, that touchdown pass that, uh, that Dak threw in the second quarter, that was an amazing throw. And he did yeah. that with Armstead breathing right down his neck. So um, I watched that. I watched that yeah, highlight all that day up. and then. You know, in preparation for this, so Turpin, that guy who was in motion, that guy was he was coming off, um, and he was pretty fast. And I think I guess his speed just passed what uh, who was it Isaiah Oliver um, on that one, and he just got beat. Yep. Um, Oliver just got beat on that yeah. one, and then it was it Hafunga yes. was late to come over. So you know, kudos to Dallas on that one. They got they got their touchdown. So John, to answer your question, the uh, deepest Dallas penetrate was the San Francisco twenty six. And that was that's, on that touchdown pass. That's ridiculous. For us. Um, I'll so, give you more ridiculous. Eight first downs for the Dallas offense. Just such a bludgeoning. <laughs> yeah. Overs. Well, uh, we had yeah. one, uh, yeah. which was kind of a weird one. CMC, I'm like, oh, he's got, almost got a touchdown. And then he just kind of dropped the ball. But Dallas had, of course, four. They had three picks, and then uh, we had um, Pollard fumble that uh, that Warner um, that, that Warner punched out. So the Niners right now are plus seven. I think they're leading the NFL in turnover differential. So we we checked that box, and Brian, you got to see uh, one of your guys. While we didn't establish the run with CMC, Brian, who who made his. <laughs> appearance uh, our buddy jordan mason he he had uh yeah. he had a pretty good game coming in as as uh cmc's uh spell so i didn't realize he even had 69 yards like in 10 rushes so i mean he beat out cmc you know 19 19 rushes for 51 yards but um yeah he he did well and what do you have that like almost like 30 yard touchdown run i, I don't know if dallas mm-hmm. was like just falling asleep or they're ready to go home, but they, they let our number two running back or, uh, why she wait, Elijah Mitchell, he's our number two, but they let Jordan Mason in and he, uh, you know, he got a really long run. So it was great to see that for Jordan Mason. Yeah. And, and I was thrilled to see, well, I think a couple of reasons. One, I, I think all of us have been, we, we've seen Jordan Mason in oh, spots, yeah. uh, you know, late last year in particular against the Raiders and, uh, he had some nice runs uh, to close out the game against the Seahawks, but he is a great, just, he's, he runs downhill. Uh, he's a very physical back. I, I think he's, you know, probably that, like they've said, or, or we've described him, he's kind of like the relief pitcher when the, when the defense is tired and they're reeling, which I think they were doing in the fourth as, as Brian, yeah. you know, just pointed out, that's when you, you bring in Jordan Mason, but. I think I'll, I'll say this. I think with um, as much as I like Elijah Mitchell, uh, the injury history, uh, I think it continues to be uh, an issue for him. You know, he, he has a knee injury. I know he's day to day, but I think Mason is after this game. I think he is legitimately the number two back right now for the others. I don't know if you, you guys know. And I, I texted you guys like during the game, like I, I was surprised to see Mitchell out again. Like I, I thought, you know, he didn't get much touches the weekend before. I thought he was going to be fine, but like, he he was out again, so I don't know. It's just it's just something with over there. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this: given the running back history we've had, I am happy to have all of these guys healthy. And you know, if Elijah comes back and has a great game next week, awesome. You know, if Jordan keeps doing it for a while, great. If Ty Davis Price gets hot, awesome. I mean, it's a yeah, good it's problem true. to have. Um, yes. So let's move on to our stars of the game. Brian, why don't you lead us off? Oh man, you know, it's easy to say, but, but I think you're going to say, but I'm going to go with my buddy, George Kittle, number 85. He had three touchdowns 
and he was long overdue. I've been like wanting him to score for forever, at least get some more touches on the ball. But Purdy finally looked at him. I think they were soulmates last year at the end of last season. You know, when Purdy came in, he had two touchdowns, I think, in one of the games. But it, it was just awesome to see George Kittle get back out there. He's going to be my star of the game with his three touchdowns, three catches, three touchdowns. So that is my star of the game. Tim? I'm going to go back to Brock Purdy. Um, I mean, a game on national television, four touchdowns. His awareness, uh, his anticipation of where the receivers are going to be, the timing of his throws, the accuracy of his throws, he's legit. And, you know, let's just, let's put the whole um, Brock Purdy is, you know, we, we don't know about him yet. No, we, we know. Yeah. We know. We're feeling okay about We all know. You know um, that I know that you know that I know. And I know. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I'm waiting for Grant Cohn to say something stupid. I have two stars of the game. My first star goes to Fred Warner, who... Not only leads by example, but had an interception, a forced fumble, a sack. And I think he's actually able to somehow make himself into two Fred Warners because he seems like he's everywhere on the field. At one point, he's covering Brandon Cooks like 50 yards downfield. Yeah. Another point, he's rushing. The, it's like he's everywhere. And his recognition, Brian walked through it earlier, is so good. And that's just like, it's just him studying. Like, he just is a football yep. savant. And honestly, he at this point, he really, sh if he continues on, he should be up for Defensive Player of the Year. You know, TJ Watt's having a great year. Mike kind of cooled off a little bit. Miles Garrett's kind of out there. Nick. Hasn't gotten going, but he just looks awesome. Uh, my second star of the game is going to go to the special teams unit, especially Mitch Wisnowski and the Gunners, because Mitch pinned the Cowboys under the five twice, and Ronnie Bell got both of those. And he's been doing that a lot. Uh, and that's oh, a weapon. Yeah. I mean, if you can flip the field like that, it's just like it just makes the other team have so much more to cover. So those are my two stars. I mean, really, you're going to give game balls to everybody. It was just everybody played just great. But as I like to say, it's not all sunshine and, and lollipops. Tim, any places you think the Niners can still improve? John, I'm going to disagree with you. This week it is all sunshine and lollipops. Okay, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> you know, I the only thing I would have to say would be Isaiah Oliver. He's awesome, but he just he just didn't catch up with Turbin and he let that touchdown go. But I mean that's being nitpicky because it was a touchdown. But other than that, I mean it was it was just an awesome game. So there was a so, couple clouds in the sky, the yeah. wind was blowing slightly harder than I wanted it to. <laughs> Yeah. Might have seen a hot um, dog wrapper on the field at one point. And and a bit of a role reversal with my brother. Um this is my only one, and we can talk about it for just a little bit. Would you be concerned that the Niners are playing too well too soon? Hmm. No. Okay. I, I don't get the sense of this team uh is is peaking. I think they're just they're playing exceptionally well right now and i think you see that in the locker room that you know hey we can get better we can get better yeah. and this team is going to face some adversity through the season and we'll see how they react to that but no i think frankly the talent they have the system they have the organization they have you're seeing you're seeing that being produced on the field i would also i'll put it you this way would you rather be the 49ers right now or rather would you rather be the cowboys and oh, hope that you well, peak. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I yeah. Nice, so, but... so yeah. I mean, you know, you know. Granted, you know, things happen. Teams, you know, get hot at the start of the season, and things can fall apart, and that could happen for a number of reasons. You know, players get hurt or something tragic happens. But you no, know, I'm not. I'm not getting that sense from from the Niners. And even after the Cowboys game, you saw in the locker room, hey, they celebrated for a little while, and then it's like, all right, we have to go to next week. Any I thoughts? think the Niners just after the disappointing loss against the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, and and you know. The way that 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 happened and transpired, they're definitely on a mission, and yeah. I feel like I just I just feel like it's 
I'm not going to say the year, but I just feel like, you know, they went out on a bad note the year before and they're just, they're, they just want to take care of business and they, they don't want, they don't want any slip ups. They just want to, you know, perfect their craft and, you know, let's see them do it. So that's what I kind of think. That's a yeah. great yeah. point, Brian. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's, let's get to the non sunshine and lollipops, which is John's betting results <laughs> from. <laughs> Okay. Week four or five, whatever the hell week we're in. Yeesh. I went Owens. Ouch. So now, yeah, it was just like, okay. So overall, I'm 13, 15, and one, which means I'm now in the red. So the Bills apparently forgot to bring their offense through customs uh, <laughs> because they lost to the Jags. And I mean, this is one of those things that I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, they just they did not look good from the get-go. I'm, apparently, I found out they didn't arrive in London until Friday. I'm like, dude, uh, come yeah. on. Like, you guys could have gotten there a lot earlier and, and got adjusted. Um, Yeah, but I didn't know that back on Tuesday. Baltimore uh, against the Steelers. The Ravens can't catch a football. And I was watching it on Get Up, and Rex Ryan made this point. Apparently they roll, they warm up with a rugby ball, which is like this, like ginormous. <laughs> and he's like, and they kept missing it. Why? Because their hands are this far apart. And I'm like, Ugh. but I mean, I thought I had that one because the Ravens were rolling. They just kept dropping the ball. Texans over Falcons again with the field goals. They're just killing me. Um, Texans almost pulled that one out. Rams over Philly. I lost to the brotherly shove. Arizona Cincy. Uh, Joe Burrow. I actually remember that he was Joe Burrow. So I lost that one. And then uh, the Packers last night lost to the Raiders. Jimmy G. Uh, even though he did throw interception, I did get the win. But uh, Jordan Love couldn't couldn't get it down at the end. He shouldn't have yep. the ball. Very end. Anyway. And in my Survivor League, of course the Bills lost, and now I'm out. So it was a rough week. But we're back for another week. So let's see if we can get this back into positives. Over this week, I've got over 39 for the Niners-Browns. Now, both defenses are playing really well, but I think... With I think the Niners since the Niners have posted thirty plus in five weeks in a row, I'm just kind of betting that it's gonna be like thirty to like ten or something like that. So I think you're gonna get over that one. Tim, don't hate me for this one, but I got Seattle over the Bengals by two and a half. I'm so disappointed. Yep. Well, I know <laughs> that's um, a smart bet. If I lose, you can go na 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 na. Um, Saints and Texans. I'm going over 41 in this game. Both offenses have looked pretty decent. CJ Stroud continues to to look good. Uh, and then Tampa Bay, Detroit over 43. Uh, I really like what Jared Goff and Detroit's doing on offense. And Baker's coming off of a bye, and they're looking they're looking really good. So, Brian, I don't know if you saw any Niners props. I did not. I think week. it's really early in the week. Um, so I didn't see any yet. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I might just ride the CMC train for touchdowns and just, I know it'll be a negative. Yeah. Like it'll be like bet 10 to get back five, but I mean, like, why not just keep riding on CMC? Um, I also might br- bet whatever Brock Purdy has in terms of over uh, the yards because he's just been hot lately. So, but yeah, so now it brings us to. Niners trivia time with Brian. So, Brian, what do you got for this week? Is it Cleveland Cleveland themed? themed. Okay. Question number one. Uh, The beloved Dwight Clark was the GM of the Browns from 99 to 2001. Name two of the three first round draft picks he had during that time. Two of the three. One is Tim Couch. You beat me on that one. They also had the number one pick in 2000, so I'll, I'll give you that little hint. It's not, it's not Ray Lewis, is it? 
I'm going to go Ray Lewis because there's one point where a Cleveland, he was actually a Cleveland Brown, and then he, all of a sudden he moved to Baltimore. But I don't know if that was like 98 or 97. Yeah, uh, I mean, I remember Tim Couch because uh, I remember a story that Clark was saying later, like, um, because Mike Ditka wanted Ricky Williams so bad getting him that he was offering virtually the entire draft draft picks of the, of the Saints at the time when he was coaching them. And they ended up saying, no, we, we need a franchise player. And they went with Tim Couch. So um, I don't know, Brian. That's the only one I can uh, think of okay. right now. All right. So you guys say Tim Couch. All right. Moving on. Question number two. So as we, well, as some of our listeners may know, the original Cleveland Browns went away, I think, was in 95. Uh, they were gone for, what, four years? Yeah. And then they came back in 99 when, when Dwight Clark became their GM. Name one of the three players selected in the expansion draft in 1999 that the Browns took from the Niners. Browns took from the Niners. Masu Tuyasu. Very close. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. I'm trying to think who the, the Niners had on in '98 that would have gone to the Browns in '99. Wow. I'll give you, I'll give you guys a hit. One of them is a cornerback. I'll go, I'll go. What was yeah, it? Corner, corner, the cornerback. I'll go Antonio Langham. John, anything from you? I got uh, Joe oh. Joe Bagadon. Close. I, I want to say another quarterback. I want to say the Niners at one point I had. Uh, didn't they have Detmer on their team as a quarterback? They did have sure. him. <laughs> okay. They um, did have him for a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if that was in the expansion draft. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say Langham and Detmer. Okay. John, Mr. Donuts? Is that what you said? Yeah, Joe Bag of Donuts. <laughs> okay, question number three. Orlando Brown. Why did he sit out? He was a Cleveland Brown. Why did he sit out from 2000 to 2002? He, he's he offensive like tackle for the, for the Browns. What happened to him to sit out 2000, 2001, and 2002? Oh, was that the guy who had the lag went into his face mask? Oh, yeah. I think you're right, John. That's my answer. Guy who had I'll, flag I'll thrown into face mask. Answer? Sure. All right. Last question. This is a gimme. Name the Cleveland Browns <laughs> super fan who was in 1999 at the, re the first game of the Browns and part of the pregame show. Uh, named three oh, of no. his shows. <laughs> Very close. Not that guy. <laughs> this guy was on TV. Named three of the shows this person was on. Uh, Drew Carey, um, whose line is it anyway? Price is right. And um, oh, what was that sitcom he did? It was like Cleveland um, Rocks or something like Cleveland that. Cleveland Rocks or, it, yeah, he's like, I, for, I, for, I can't remember the name of the, of the sitcom, but I can remember the Price is right and whose line is it anyway. So, John, anything from you? I can't remember the show. I just know the theme show was Cleveland Rocks. Cleveland Rocks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll answer these later. Let's move on. Okay. All right. Those well, are hard. I brush up on my Cleveland history, apparently. Yeah. So, so that brings us to the end of Cowboys. We, we move on to the Browns. Now, the, the biggest question mark on the Browns is who's going to be their quarterback? Uh, so, recently, as of today, uh, Deshaun Watson is still day to day. Now, Tim, I, I find this kind of interesting because he's a great. He's a great when he's on. He's a great quarterback, right? Um, and he's mobile, and we have to contain the mobile quarterback. But I think this is kind of a disadvantage because if he's not practicing. He wasn't practicing during their bye, so I kind of think they're going to start with PJ. What do you think? No, I agree with you. I mean, when Watson is on, and we've seen him, and he's had those moments in his career, it's a, it's a tough one to call, you know, because. I think that players are, you know, obviously we've talked about their challenges with mobile quarterbacks, but uh, at the same time, you know, we've also said it's a complimentary football. And when your defense has kind of been letting down, then your offense has been able to pick it up. So 
I don't know. I think it's going to be a game time decision. I'm leaning towards seeing Watson play um, because the Browns are two and two. They're coming off a bye week. So I'd be surprised if Watson isn't behind center uh, come Sunday. Okay. So key to victory number one, contain the, the quarterback. Brian, you think the Niners, could this be a letdown game? Uh, I sure effing hope not. I think Steve Wilkes and uh, Shanahan and John Lynch have them all kind of fired up that, you know, they're men on mission. So I'm hoping not they don't have a uh, downer game. And so I don't expect that to happen, but, you know, stranger things have happened, but no. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind of key number two for me is don't let it be a letdown game. Yeah. Yeah. You're rolling high, just go in there, take care of business. And Tim, I had key number three. Uh, since 2003, the Browns coming off a of bye are eight and 12. Do you think, I mean, do you think an advantage of teams coming off of buys? I mean, unless you're Andy Reid or Bill Belichick. <laughs> Is there an advantage of coming off a of bye? I, I, I usually, I like to have, if an ideal world, I like to have the Niners get a bye in kind of the middle of the season. And we're actually having that. Uh, I think it's, uh, what, three, three more games and the Niners mm-hmm. are on the bye. Because uh, I think at that point, you know, it's a halfway point. You can get some players back that, you know, have been on IR. You know, those players are kind of banged up, get a little time off to let their bodies uh, heal. So I, I don't know. I, I think, it, frankly, it's where your team stands right now and you know cleveland as i know we're gonna get to the next the next key to victory here yeah yes they're having some questions at quarterback but they're two and two and they've got a pretty good defense so they're coming in well rested and this is a test to see you know, where do they stand and what better measuring tick uh, measuring um stick than the 49ers coming in yeah. to just you know beat the cowboys hand handily on on a, on a sunday night well, let's talk defense. So right now the Browns, I think, are the number one defense after the Niners took care of the Cowboys. Miles Garrett, which I believe he pretty much is on the left side. So it'll be Miles versus Trent. Yikes. But, and I, you guys hope maybe know this more than I do, but who else on the, on the Cleveland Browns defense is, is someone to look out for? Gosh, didn't they take that guy from... I mean, it's just from Green Bay. Was it um, Smith? Oh, it was like yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so I remember he was always good on Green Bay. But I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. um, don't a lot of know. I don't know a lot of names on that uh, on that team that come to mind. For yeah, I mean, Miles Garrett. He's got you know five and a half sacks on the year. Um, there's uh, another defensive end, uh, and I want to say is is um, Okronaku or something like that. He's got three mm-hmm. sacks coming, and so they're able to get to the quarterback. It wouldn't surprise me if they ended up trying to employ the same defense that uh, the Cowboys did, playing that cover one. And so I think again, they're gonna they're gonna try to you know. Put eight in the box. They want to slow CMC down. They want to force Brock Purdy to try and beat them. And the hope is that you know you get the Niners into third and seventh, and you 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 make enough third down stops that you give your opportunity. You give you give your offense a chance to put some points on the board. You may get one or two turnovers, but I, I think frankly for the Niners to lose, uh, two things are going to have to happen. Uh, number one, they'll have to be an emotional letdown where they come out flat. And the Browns mm-hmm. get a jump on them. You know, they go up, you know, uh, 10, 10 points. And we see the Niners play a type of game we haven't seen thus far. And the second is that the Niners start beating themselves. Uh, they have a holding call at, you know, on a third and four uh, that, you know, shouldn't have happened. They get a pass interference call that sets the Browns up with a, yeah. you know, a scoring opportunity. So, you know, yes, the Browns have a good defense on paper. When you look at these two teams, the Niners far and wide have the better talent. Uh, but you know, football is an imperfect game. So Niners just need to do, just continue what they're doing. Just take care of business, get off to the, you know, the good starts. And if the Niners get up early, I think they're in business. If the Browns, you know, get up on them early, then we're going to have a ball game. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good point. And then last but not least, I think we'll do this for all three of us. And we'll start with Brian. Which star do you think is going to shine 
because that's kind of been one of the keys of victory is there's been every week there's been someone. Yeah, I think this week I'm going to lean towards a receiver. I know Kittle had his day and then CMC had his day. So uh, I'm going to go with Debo. Um, I think it's easy to pick Ayuk, but I, I'm just going to go with Debo. I think, you know, they put him, they employed him last week into a lot of, uh, into the passing game. And also they gave him like his, his rushes. Um, so I think he's kind of back doing a little bit of both. Um, uh, probably he's even more leaning towards the, the receiving end, but, um, you know, as an interface, we don't want him to run so much so he gets smacked. Um, yeah, I'm going to lean towards him. Um, if he can get out there, um, I, I'm expecting him to have a big day and I'll hopefully see him to get in the end zone at least once or twice. Tim, what do you? Cool. Tim? I am going to go with George Kittle. I think Kittle, I think Kittle's on a roll. I think if the Browns play a similar defense that the Cowboys did, we saw what Kittle can do. And I think he's going to get up into some, I think he can get behind the linebackers and and in front of the secondary. I think Purdy's going to be able to get some uh, play action passes out to him. And then we've seen what he can do once he catches the ball with the yards after catch. So I think I'm I'm going to see another uh, pretty good game from George Kittle. I'm going to go with two. One, one, because it always seems to me that it's a new star every week, and I was trying to think of guys that we, we haven't really seen yet. I'm going to go with Jawan Jennings. Oh, yeah. Third down. I think we're going to see Jawan, like, all of a sudden be part of the offense because he's kind of been a little bit of – I mean, he still blocks his ass off. I think we're going to see a little bit more Jawan in this game, uh, and I think that's going to be another thing that they're going to put on tape that are – for the future, the Niners are basically going to be saying to defensive quarters, like, who are you going to guard? Because we have them all. And then my next star of the game is going to be Nick Bosa. I think this is the game. Nick Bosa has three sacks. And I a little think bit of a I'm homecoming gonna... for him in Ohio. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I want to be running about <laughs> three, four and a half miles. Um, I. We all hope I, so. I think he's, yeah. I think it was, he's had like 60, a ton of pressures, but you yeah. know, he's only got one and a half sacks. But I, I think, especially if they're starting the backup quarterback, when we were known to double clutch, it's just that much more time for both of So I think the Bears going to, you know, it's, it's ironic because on National Park, we, it's Fat Bear Week. Which we all know that Nick Bosa is not fat. I'm not saying that, but they're eating, and I think no. the Bears going to eat. Yeah. So, so Brian, feed those quads. Mm-hmm. yeah, you got to feed those quads. It's, his arms aren't exactly small either. Yeah. So, Brian, why don't you tell us? This is the toughest, I think, of your trivia questions. So, why don't you give not us great. the uh, the the trivia all results? Right. I tried to make them this week just a little bit harder than uh, the week before, but uh, okay. I think mission accomplished on that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. uh, Dwight Clark was GM of the Browns from 99 to 01. The beloved Dwight Clark uh, named two of the three first-round draft picks he had at the time. So Tim and John, you guys both said who again? Tim, Tim Couch. Couch. Tim yep. Couch. He had him number one. You're right. In 1999, number one uh, quarterback out of Kentucky. Uh, 2000, they had also the number one pick because I think they were 2-14 and 14 the year before. Courtney Brown out of Penn State, defensive end. I think he only lasted in the league maybe like I remember him. four or five years, um, and then um, he was out. And then uh, in 01, they were the number three pick. They had uh, Gerard Warren out of Florida, defensive tackle. So I, I don't really know much out of him, um, but I don't, I don't think he. Uh, I don't think they did much with those those three picks. Okay. Question number two, name one of three players selected in the 99 expansion draft from San Francisco. John, you said Mr. Who again? <laughs> Joe Bag of Donuts. I don't see his name ever existing. He's a great player. Uh, <laughs> great player. Uh, Tim, uh, you said who? I said Antonio Langham and... Uh, you're absolutely right about Langham. So he was a cornerback. He was, uh, I think, the 37th pick out of Alabama. He was the 37th pick in the expansion draft, and he's a corner out of Alabama. So, yeah, he did play for Cleveland, Baltimore, San Francisco, then back to Cleveland, and then New England. So you're absolutely right. Good one. Good job, Tim. Number three. 
why did oh sorry I forgot Steve Gordon he was a center out of California and then oh James fuck. Williams linebacker out of Mississippi State so not Detmer not Detmer yeah they all sound like Joe bag of donuts to me. I don't think those guys lasted long all right number th- <laughs> question number three why did Orlando Brown who was on the Browns sit out the the uh, 2000, 2001, and 2002 seasons. John, you said, for what reason again? The referee threw a flag and it entered into his helmet and hit him in the eye. Yeah. No, you guys are absolutely right. So it was a game in December of 99 uh, against the Jaguars. The ref, Jeff Triplett, threw a flag and it landed through the helmet, hit him in the eye. And Brown left the game temporarily, then returned back on the field to shove Triplett. And then knocking into the ground. I, I kind of remember that happening. I do. Yeah. He was yeah. a, he was uh, ejected from the game and escorted out. But he was his uh, he was suspended by the league, but it was rescinded um, because they realized that his uh, he had a really bad eye injury. So he actually had to miss three seasons due to temporary blindness in that eye that he got hit in. So rest in peace. He passed away in 2011. By the way, so. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think I remember reading like he and Triplett got making amends, and Triplett was like just horrified that yeah. it happened. Yeah, you know, it's just one of the, it was totally freak freak occurrence. I mean, you know, it's a freaking flag going into a helmet hitting you in the eye. Like that's just crazy. I guess as I think so. they, they put like ball bearings in there to keep the weight down, but I think it just happened to be at the right angle, and it just got him in the got him in the face. Yeah, but. Now they, they just they throw them on the ground, like or throw them up in the air, right? Maybe take a chance. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, oh, last um, one. Name the Cleveland Browns super okay. fan who was at the nine at the reincar- reincarnation of the Browns in '99 in three of his shows. Tim, I said oh, close. Dale. I said uh, Drew Carey and and the three shows where Price was right. Whose line is anyway? And. I don't. I didn't remember the third one. I I, I want to guess it was the Drew Carey show. Uh, John said uh, Cleveland Rocks, but it was called the Drew Carey Show. Tim, so good one. I was going to do a question about the dog pound in Arsenio Hall, but I just couldn't find like a really good question to ask. But uh, that was that was on my list of going to be my other one. So I'll do I'll do one dog pound trivia is. So the dog pound used to bring in this big dog house uh, every Sunday. And the security guard was like, oh, okay, it's just the usual dog house. But what they didn't realize is that the dog pound had put an entire keg of beer <laughs> in the dog house. And they would just sit there and drink beer out of the dog house for the oh, entire that's... time. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is way lighter bringing it out of here. That's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah. So... So, Tim, final thoughts after on Dallas week and Cleveland Browns? You put a 42 to 10 beatdown on what a lot of people were saying was the one of the best teams in the league, and you're 5 and 0. I just need to go out, out there and take care of this. But just, I would say this about the Cowboys I would not be surprised to see the Dallas bounce back against the Chargers. I would not be surprised to see them in the. I do think, still think they're a serious player. Okay. Uh, same. I I do think they're going to bounce back. I think McCarthy's going to learn from this, and um, you know Dan Quinn, and you know they're going to come back strong. Um, and yeah, take care of business next week. So, yeah, I just think they have too much talent. Yeah, I, I just I think the Cowboys are going to are going to implode. I think McCarthy's going to lose his job after this year. I don't think they make the playoffs. But this is Niners talk, not Cowboys talk. It feels good to be five and zero. Just keep the keep it going. Uh, early start at one p.m. Uh, won't be doing chicken wings like I did last week, which were oh, so were mine. Oh, yeah, I loved them. Uh, so I don't know what I'll be doing. It's a one p.m. start, so it's early. Uh, I guess I'll have lunch. <laughs> Tim, what are you going to be doing for the game? Well, what I won't be doing is sitting on my couch, um, you know, having Gatorade and some Advil since I broke a fever. Um, during the Cowboys game, I will say when you have a bit of a fever and you kind of have that, you know, kind of Zen feeling from the night call starting to take effect, it's really less stressful to watch the game. 
I'm not saying I'm an advocate for. I'm just saying that's what happened. I was kind of like, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. Nice. Any stress. All right. So, and and fortunately, your new TV is one and zero, so we'll have to take it back. <laughs> good one. Yes, sir. So, Brian, what are you uh, going to do for the early game? start here on the West Coast? So, ten o'clock. Um, I'll be watching it at home. Probably drinking some coffee and then. Um, depending on how they do. And then, you know, I might crack open a cold adult beverage around halftime. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I'll be at home watching watching this game. So, Yeah, I think I'm going to, like, I'll take it in at, at uh, 1 o'clock. And then if all goes well, I'll probably go play a little golf at 4. Just play a quick 9. Uh, so hopefully in victory. Uh other than that, look out for the eclipse on Saturday. Should be pretty cool. And other than that, Niners, just keep the faith. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.